0: Welcome to the Digital Marketing Professor Series, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Shelby Skurhawk, and today we're talking about challenges in digital marketing integration and digital marketing courses on the university landscape with Nick Matar of Wayne State University. He
1: teaches the university's first
0: digital marketing course to undergrads. Nick, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Shelby.
0: So I'm surprised to hear that this is the university's first digital marketing course, because you know, it, it hasn't been around that long, but it seems like the the skill sets that are being needed for, for jobs, you know, entry level jobs coming into the industry, it, it's screaming for a lot of digital marketing experience. So, how did you come to uh, to come to teaching at Twin State University?
1: Well, it's it's kind of funny how it, this course actually came about. Um, I was an MBA student at Wayne State and I was taking a marketing strategy course with a professor named uh, Dr. Sujay Dutta. And he had been kind of toying with the idea of trying to offer a digital marketing course to undergrads and to grad students. And there really was not a singular class that covered digital marketing topics. Now, a lot of different courses cover different aspects of digital marketing, whether that be online advertising, social media, or web design, but there was no cohesive course that best integrated all of the different digital marketing topics that employers expect out of their new hires. So I have about uh, 25 students that are taking the course right now, and we meet once a week. I do my best to provide a good overview so that students are best prepared for positions in digital marketing when they are going into the professional field.
0: Well, you said it that digital marketing is such a broad landscape. There's so many elements to it. And so how did you decide what to include in the syllabus?
1: So that was definitely a challenge. Uh, I planned on structuring the course into three distinct segments. There was the web marketing part of it, which was how should websites look, the mobile uh, marketing aspect of it, looking at the different analytics, and also the search engine optimization side the second part is more social media that everybody seems to know which is looking at facebook twitter linkedin instagram now snapchat all these different social media sites and what they mean for business and it's in this second segment where students seem to really have to change their their uh, perspectives on social media because a lot of them have have the They walk into class with the thought process of how they are as students, as 21, 22-year-old uh, college students. But for me, the challenge is to fundamentally shift that so they are thinking about social media from a business standpoint. And that is not just posting on behalf of a business, but how can I turn this content into something that drives the bottom line? And what is the ROI of this content? And that is really, that, that question is hard to answer in a lot of different scenarios. A lot of people have been able to monetize things like Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn especially. But there is absolutely a a brand awareness and ROI challenge that students inherently do not walk into the classroom really being aware of because they are the consumers that are marketed to by people in the digital world. So that's really the challenge with the second piece. The third aspect of the course is email marketing, which uh, I think a lot of people in, in the digital marketing field will say that that's kind of their specialization because email marketing is is has probably the high, highest ROI for marketers and also is done probably more so than time spent on web and, and social media. Once again, the student walks into the classroom thinking of the whole email marketing side as what they've received in their inbox. But instead, they have to put themselves into the business person's shoes and thinking, what can I put in this email to evoke an emotion, to evoke an an email open first in the subject line? How how do I get them to click through to the website? And ultimately, how do I get them to spend money and provide that return on investment? So that's how it breaks down into the three different segments. There's the overarching idea that a a digital marketing strategy should include all three of those major parts of the course, as well as these other tertiary aspects that are, that are core foundations to digital marketing.
0: So what you said about students coming in thinking they know social media, but it requires a big shift in mindset. So I'm curious, what is the, the biggest, I guess, first mistake that students make? And it may be that that they are thinking of uh, being a user of social media rather than being a, uh, a marketer on social media.
1: Well, Shelby, the number one thing that we run into is that students have the marketing mindset down. And these are all marketing students that I have in my course. But the challenge is they aren't providing that that click-through ability. They're not... They, there's usually not any opportunity for the end user to succinctly and quickly make a purchase and convert to a to something that requires a purchase. Too often I will see, don't have any way for the consumer to make a purchase. That's as easy as, as putting a URL into a Facebook post, or for Instagram it means putting a link in the bio, but the the key is, to make that jump from from being able to put together a succinct marketing post and then getting the consumer to convert into a customer. That's the number one key and and that I tell students from day one is when you're looking at social media analytics, you need to look at that click-through rate and your conversion rate because that will tell you how successful these posts are for a business. It's not about the vanity metrics like likes and, and comments. But, and those are important, but the key is how much is the business gaining from this post? And being able to put a monetary value to that is crucial, and it's something that a lot of students don't really understand when they walk into the classroom. But the goal is that when they walk out on the last day, at the end of the semester, that they are taking a much more business approach to social media, to websites, and to email marketing.
0: Well, so they're forgetting the call to action, basically.
1: Yeah, the call to action is, is one piece and uh, and also the value proposition. How is this going to stand out in a feed where people are simply scrolling on their phones for seemingly hours on end? How does, how does a Facebook post stand out and how does an Instagram photo stand out from a business point of view? And the, the number one thing I tell people, too, is if you want a, a site that is going to, to provide you some ROI, it's Facebook, it's Instagram, and it's even LinkedIn. Twitter is the one where I have struggled to find much much ROI, and uh, a couple of, of uh, reviews I've done of academic papers have shown the, the, the same sort of evidence that the click-through rate on Twitter is so low, and Twitter is much more about the news and brand awareness and building a personal brand. and It's much more for personal enjoyment, and we're seeing fewer and fewer click-throughs from tweets to the internet. And I know Twitter is really pushing their ad platform, their promoted tweets, and in reality, just trying to make it more business friendly. But over the last five or six years, uh, I really have not seen that materializing.
0: That is true. That's interesting. I'm personally pretty fascinated by Twitter. Uh, So, you know, I guess, pulling the curtain back a little bit. So I come from a journalism background. Uh, For many, many years, I ran the website and uh, all the social media for Success Magazine. What we started with was just providing content, providing information. Um, And what we often saw, especially with Facebook, we found good favor with the Facebook gods right off the bat because we are providing content. Twitter, that's the interesting proposition because People aren't necessarily following brands on Twitter. They're following people, people who represent brands.
1: Yeah, and strangely enough, the probably the mo- one of the more popular people right now is the Wendy's brand account just because of the, the constant trolling and the back and forth and the humanization that that brand provides. And yeah, it's going to be very hard for anybody to point to an uptick in sales for Wendy's. But from a brand awareness standpoint, I think that's done wonders for them, and, and brand awareness is really the main thing to be gained on Twitter, at least in my eyes. Because I, I look at companies like, like Wendy's, and actually um, a lot of fast food restaurants are starting to take this approach where they're very interactive, they get very engaged with other users, and they're not afraid to get involved in a little banter back and forth with different uh, with with individuals. And between that and and the sports world. A lot of professional and college programs, they will they'll let their uh, their Twitter leader kind of go loose and and tweet at different teams, at different people, and the amount of on Twitter where engagement is really all that you have to measure, that really seems to be a powerful and and uh, and thought provoking idea that if I am the uh, if I'm if I'm an NFL team, for example, last night. When the Ravens beat the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, it's, it's no longer out of the ordinary for the Baltimore Ravens account to go out there and start trolling Pittsburgh fans and, and people that are, in the, that are in the general Pittsburgh area. And, and we see this more and more in college, with high schools, and even with athletes going back and forth. And, and it seems to me, too, like with the NBA in particular the NBA's online brand has grown exponentially seemingly just because of these Twitter feuds that you see between people, all of these different controversies that arise between players and and GMs and I'm sitting here fascinated by the whole thing and thinking of it from a business standpoint like I don't know if there's there's really any financial gain here but my gosh the brand awareness is is astounding that it could happen seemingly overnight For me it's important to really drive home the importance of those for business and that means drafting content reviewing it making sure that it makes sense so that when this person goes into an interview they can say they have experience and they have learned in a controlled environment how to craft business social media marketing
0: right and that's that's certainly important in a company there's only one person that there are maybe two or three, but mostly one person they're going to hand the keys to the Twitter account to. And so there's a lot fewer positions there as there are where you see on you know, Glassdoor and, and all of these different sites of um, paid social media specialists. And that's primarily Facebook then. So you are equipping them for the, the skill sets that they're, are, I guess, are most in demand right now
1: yeah and, and when i look at a lot i look almost every day to see what the entry-level positions are so i can and better can better equip the students and for me i've noticed too there's a lot of analyst positions marketing analysts who are supposed to look at the analytics and be able to create these reports and and paths forward for these companies to invest more dollars in these different aspects of digital marketing and it's not just social media but it's also being able to look at web analytics looking at the sales funnel the customer journey conversion rates google adwords all these different types of analytics bringing them together into one cohesive report so that they can say uh what where their money should be spent and i don't have the time with the single course to adequately prepare them for that position but it is important to me that they at least have a good background and a foundation for these different analytics where they can go in and, and be able to speak intelligently to these different requirements that these jobs have.
0: Because even if you are not the, the specific analytics person or the analysis person, uh, if you're on a company social media team, there would be no circumstance where you would write social media posts without knowing exactly what your last five posts did and how much engagement and the click through rates. And so even if you're not a master at analytics, you have to have at least some basis for just, you know, just to be able to inform your very next post of, of what's been working lately and what hasn't. Uh, So you're, you're able to give them that I guess that that basis of knowledge, right?
1: Yeah, and it's not only the basis of knowledge, but like you said, being able to look back at the last few posts and see how they perform. Because a lot of people don't have that mindset. There's even people that I've worked with who don't think about how posts perform and they wait until it's time to create quarterly web reports to look at see how they all did. When in reality people should be looking every day to see how posts performed. They should be seeing they should be able to tell me how the last week of posts have done. And also, how they plan to use that information to better influence their next week of posts.
0: Another thing you mentioned was that there's um, a difference between engagement rate and more of the superficial measures, which are just likes. You know, something that's been said a lot in within social media marketing is that likes are cheap. Um, anybody can like a post, but it's when it's commented on is you know one step further and then I guess the, the gold of of it is sharing it because then that's expanding your reach. There's there's a lot more and there's there's better metrics to to really keep an eye on, right?
1: Well I think it's exactly that that the metrics that we need to be looking at are not metrics that you can see from the from the user side of social media. These are metrics that have to be calculated and need to be developed in conjunction with other business units. You need to be able to see your sales that are generated from online and you need to be able to see uh, connect the success of social media posts to the, the bottom line of the business. And I'm sure any CEO that is is provided that accurate information will will never go back to just wanting the vanity metrics of likes. And and yeah, likes are, are good because they they'll help the, the post perform a little bit better. But in reality, we need to know how are your marketing dollars being spent and how is the bottom line being driven by uh, by the social media of the business and it's not just a strict follower count and i do spend some time going over brand awareness and and i i preface the entire social media section of the course by saying businesses have two reasons to post on social media they can uh, they can drive revenue, or they're driving brand awareness. Brand awareness is very intangible, it's very difficult to measure, and you can use those vanity metrics to better uh, better tell that story. But being able to provide a tangible return on your investment is so much more crucial, and it's something that the higher-ups are going to value more if they're presented with those numbers. A lot of CEOs don't know that that, that figure can be developed. and when I think about it, I I'm kind of surprised, but most most CEOs know that they're that they this needs to be a business decision, and their their social media needs to at least be able to start to tell a story in how the entire how their their social media is bringing them new business.
0: Great stuff. I don't know if you can tell, I, I, I once had a CEO that wanted those vanity metrics and that's all. <laughs> so I got a little bit of battle scars. So thank you, Nick, for, uh, for sharing a lot of great insight today.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: And thanks to you listeners for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries. Subscribe to articles, podcasts, and video. Until next time, I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk.